Will you pray with me? God, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, Lord. Amen. Few books in the Bible are named for women, and few books in the Bible are without a direct reference to God. The book of Esther happens to fall under both of these categories. The Bible, as you may know, is a male-centric text. Yet here we have a book in the canon where the hero is a heroine. As a sacred text, the Bible reveals and defines notions of God, and yet not once is God mentioned in the book of Esther. This omission of God so greatly bothered early Greek writers that they felt compelled to add to the original Hebrew text of Esther 107 verses about God. These additions now happily live in the Apocrypha of the Protestant canon. To quote Hebrew Bible scholar Catherine Darr, Esther is more than just a pretty face. She is a woman in a man's world. And through an act of true courage, she shows us that God is there. A woman in a man's world who shows us that God is there. The story of Esther is set during the Jewish diaspora in the Persian Empire, in the city of Susa. King Ahasuerus ruled the vast empire which stretched from the borders of India all the way to the borders of Ethiopia. The Bible tells us that Esther, in a twist of fate, rises from the position of an exiled orphan Jew to that of queen. She is paraded before the king and selected before an objectifying lineup to replace Queen Vashti, who was deposed for having defied the maniacal king's demand. An all too sad parallel to the present. In this dramatic tale of fate and faith, we are left searching for God. Esther, whose Hebrew name is Hadassah, finds herself in a foreign land married to its king. Esther and her uncle Mordecai, they make no mention of Jewish law, they observe no dietary restrictions, and wear no markers of their faith. In every practical sense, they are passing as Persians existing on the threshold between Jew and non-Jew. That is, however, until the story's antagonist, Haman, enters the scene. In a fit of rage, he seeks to have the Jews wiped out by mandating their murder. With the lives of the protagonists jeopardized, one might now believe that this is the time for God to intervene. But God is quiet. 
There is no angel from a cloud who descends to smite Haman. There's no Moses to lead God's people out of the throes of death. No, God is silent, seemingly absent, but God is there. This brings us to the verses of Esther that we read today. Esther has before her the volatile king himself, Ahasuerus, and the man, Haman, who has legislated the genocide of her people. In a dangerous power play, Esther has positioned herself with the captive audience of the king and her killer, Haman, all by issuing an invitation to dinner. And through this, Esther gains the favor of her husband, the king, who wishes to give her something in return, anything, even half the empire. Then, Queen Esther answered. This is a phrase uttered by the narrator, and it brings us to the climax of the story, for it is here in Esther's answer that the Jews are saved from a final solution, while simultaneously Esther reveals her own identity as a Jew. And unbeknownst to the king, he has issued a death warrant at the bequest of Haman for his own wife. Then Queen Esther answered, If I have won your favor, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me. That is my petition, and the lives of my people, that is my request. In this, Esther's courageous reply, she came out as a Jew. Up until this point, she has hidden her identity as a Jew. And coming out, making herself vulnerable, risking her own life. In doing this, she saves the Jews, but she also saves herself. So where is God in all of this? Has God deserted Esther and her people in their exile? Why hasn't God spoken? Won't God do something? These are questions that we find ourselves asking in the present time. And people of faith throughout the ages have asked these questions in times of terror and anguish. But here it's Esther who reminds us that just in these times when we think God is absent, God is indeed there. God is indeed here. God is made known by Esther's words and her courage. She is the queen of the empire, the only person who can save the Jewish people. But yet, she needs saved because she, too, is a Jew. God is found here in the words of the rescuer and the one in need of rescue. God is made known through the vulnerable and courageous act this act that Esther does at dinner. 
Theologian Walter Brueggemann, in his commentary on Esther, suggests that God is indeed present in this text, but differently. In his remarks, he says, history has now become a human enterprise wherein it is the Jews, not the God of the Jews, who make the decisive difference. It is the people of God who make the decisive difference. God worked quietly through the life of Esther, and God is working through the lives of each one of us. God acts quietly through humankind to uphold, to bless, and to guide. God did not abandon Esther, and God has not abandoned us. Our God is not an absentee landlord. God was quiet, but God was there, working through Esther to achieve God's purpose. God is made known in her tenacity and in her prudence. God doesn't need to step in to save her or to speak for her or to protect her. No, it is in her courageous act that she joins God in the struggle against evil. Esther, in what appears to be a hopeless situation, brings about hope. On a street with dead ends, Esther finds a way. Esther's courage makes the decisive difference. The word courage has its root in the Latin word cor, which means heart. Courage is something that comes from our hearts. However, in modern parlance, courage has become synonymous with bravery and acts that are done daringly. Writer Brene Brown suggests that this contemporary notion of courage is lacking. She says, quote, this definition fails to recognize the inner strength and level of commitment required for us to actually speak honestly and openly about who we are and about our experiences, good and bad. Speaking from our hearts is what I think of as ordinary courage. This ordinary courage is the courage of Esther. She answered, she spoke from her heart. Courage is not a hasty act. It is not a culturally driven impulse of self-aggrandizement, nor is it clouded by social expectations. Courage does not conform. Unlike bravery, there is no hype in being courageous, for to have courage means to also be afraid. Courage involves thought, intent, and purpose. Courage is rooted in a place of honor, 
sustained by a consciousness of something greater than oneself. Courage does not conform. Esther's courage shows us that God is indeed there, that God breaks forth in hopeless times through the courageous acts of the heart, sometimes Making God known in the world requires acts of the heart, acts of courage. In this dramatical tale of fate and faith, we are left searching for God because God appears to be silent, seemingly absent. But God is there. The courage of Esther and of other countless heroes and heroines have made the decisive difference. Their words of the heart, of courage, made God known in the world. Queen Esther answered. She answers with her heart. And through this trembling voice, God acts. Friends, there will be a time when you are called upon to answer. There will be a time whenever I am called upon to answer. And when we answer, may we answer like Esther, from the heart, with courage.